Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Gemma. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Just a heads up, there's a big motherfucking truck <laughs> coming back. Oh, what? of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have recorded the intro over that. <laughs> Hello, Gemma. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Now, we had hired a meeting room to record this, but there was some god-awful buzz in the background. So we've jumped into Jade's van, driven out to what we think is the middle of nowhere to try and record this. And I know what you're all thinking. It wasn't Sophie's vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Not this time for once, but thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Now, for any listeners that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, about your family and what you do? Crap, I didn't prep this question. (laughs) Why is it so awkward to talk about yourself? Because Um, you're sitting literally 30 centimetres away from me and I've got my head in your vagina. I feel like I could kiss you. (laughs) Well, my name's Gemma Peanut on Instagram. My proper name is Gemma Pranita. To give you a really quick random backstory on that, if you put Pranita into an iPhone, it autocorrects to Peanut. I'm doing it now. And that's where Gemma Peanut came from. I have two little babies. I am a photographer by trade. I also run an online business and yeah, I'm just delighted to be here to talk about motherhood because that's kind of what I spend my life doing on Instagram anyway, so may as well put it into a podcast permanently. So, so good. Ever since I had Goldie, I have been hounded about the transition from one child to two child. Two child. Good English. Two children. So we wanted to get you on today because you have kids that are a similar age to my kids and Jade now has three. And we thought we would just kind of dive into some questions about that transition, things that that we have tips about, things that we have absolutely no good advice about and is really freaking hard, all of it. So instead of it kind of being a question-answer guest interview yeah. today, it's more a bit of a discussion An open from discussion, all three right? of us. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like Jade's a bit of the guru, though, because you've got three. Like just because I have three does not make me a guru. Let's just say that. <laughs> I probably am the – anyway, we'll get there. We'll what Jade says is that her limit of children was two hmm. and she decided to have three. That's <laughs> my advice. That's my really good advice. But it's that thing like when you have one, like I remember when I had one, I looked at people with two and I was like, how do you get out of the house? And now that I have two and I've semi-adjusted, I haven't fully adjusted at all, but I look at you and I'm like, how the hell do you get out of the house? I'm there sitting there going, how the fuck do I get out of the house? Because I honestly just don't know. And half the time, like I, I posted something the other day. I was being a little bit sarcastic as I am about a morning routine. And someone was like, no, we would actually like to see your morning routine. And I said that to my husband. He goes, if anyone sees our morning routine, they will never look at us again. It is literally a shit show. But we can get in, into that later on. <laughs> Starting from a general overview, 
What do you think was harder, zero to one or one to two? Gemma. Ooh. Okay, so I think they're both hard for very different reasons. I think I think the transition from none to one is like a bomb being dropped on your life. So everything about your life as you knew it has changed completely, and I found that adjustment exceptionally hard. And I transitioned in quite a difficult way because I really wanted babies, but I had such a hard time conceiving, so I went through fertility treatment. So it took nearly two years that I thought, well, I better be fucking grateful to have a child because you wanted this for so long. And then it was still hard. And then I sort of battled with that whole, well, I feel guilty now for saying this is hard when I wanted this for so long. And I think a lot of parents who have suffered from any sort of miscarriage or infant loss or struggling to conceive always have to kind of grasp with that internal fight of like it's okay to love your children and want it and for it to still be hard but I remember even when you were pregnant with your second Iggy you posted something on Instagram about I can fucking hate being pregnant but still be grateful for the child I'm pregnant with they've just got a thing out please divert all Byron traffic to the podcast down that road that'd be great And that resonated with me so much because I got, you know, I know that everyone means so well when they say like, oh my God, you must be so excited, you know, but there's parts when I was pregnant where I was like, I can't even think about the fact that there's even a baby in there. I'm so miserable. So I think there's, it's very different, you know, you can find pregnancy hard, you can find parenthood hard, but still love the shit out of your kids and like never want to change anything, but you can still find it extremely hard. And I think not to confuse anyone because I feel like everyone's opinion and circumstance is going to be different in parenting, obviously, Mm. and it's nice to have these discussions for especially, uh, I guess, the women that are about to have one or go from one to two. My personal experience is I was always maternal, so when I found out I was pregnant, I just had this, like, I had so much time to prep and read and study and just, I it turned into my passion and my hobby and that's what I did up until I gave birth. And yeah, absolutely it was hard breastfeeding and all these new things, but you know, I, I still was on board with it. I really found, and I don't know if it's because of the 16 month age gap or it is the transition from one to two, I found that immensely hard because I had two children in nappies and I was having, I had a little baby that was 16 months of age and then I had a newborn baby and I really found that adjustment incredibly hard to try and work out how I was going to juggle that balance in this new life. I think it also comes down to the baby that you have as well. Billy was a really hard baby to settle as well. So I was constantly like walking with an ergo around where I live to try and get her to sleep. And as soon as I'd come back and sit down, my back was aching. She'd cry again. And then Mia was crying and I was just like, oh, this is fucked. But then I realized their bond for being so close was absolutely incredible. And now I think that the 16 month age gap has been an absolute blessing in the long run. Yeah. Jam, you finished what you were going to say. So zero to one was everything in your life shifted, but then what about one to two? Okay. So I would say that the shift to two for me was easier at the start. Fast forward now, Iggy's nine months. I'm finding this age gap. Rafa's nearly two and a half and he's nine months quite challenging because 
My little nine-month-old Iggy has suddenly decided to wake up to the world. Prior to recently, he was a bit of a potato. He kind of just sat around. I mean, his nickname is Bao Bun because he just sits there oh like, a, like a little dumpling. Didn't really contribute much to the world. Wasn't much of a problem. And now he's starting to be on the move. I mean, you can relate to this with Goldie. Yeah. And I just think, shit, how am I going to manage with a toddler who does runners every single day and a mobile nine-month-old. I'm stressed about it. It's that. like your brain is literally going in so many different areas you never knew you had and no. you're, like, just trying to, like, keep up with that. Yeah. No wonder we all are so tired by, like, 5 p.m. We're like, oh, God. 5 p.m., God, <laughs> minus five hours. I get to 10 a.m. and I'm like, how is it not 3 o'clock and I'm eating not eating two-minute noodles on the couch? Like, what is going on? Totally. I would agree with your assessment. I found zero to one. I think in general I found zero to one harder because it is that entire change of your whole life, mostly for the better, but, you know, you're still getting used to a whole new you and a whole new dynamic in your family. Whereas one to two, I feel like that shift had already been made. There was less thinking, there was less worrying and that kind of thing, but I've found you know, for want of a better word, the juggle is harder. I feel like touched out more. Do you know what I mean? Like with, with just Poppy, it was like, okay, she's down for a nap. Now it's time for me or whatever. But in those newborn days, I remember even Nick would get home from work and I'd be like, I need you to not touch me because if I'm touched one more time today, I might just explode. So I feel like that juggle and that finding time for yourself is definitely more difficult after the second. Well, you don't get a break. There's, there's no break. Like, and it's just, it goes the same with pregnancies. My first pregnancy, I napped all day. Mm. I felt like absolute shit, but I could indulge in the shitness. Yeah. Whereas the second time I was pregnant, I had this really, really busy and spirited toddler to chase after and no time for the rest. And already I was like, shit, I feel like I've got two before I've even got Mm. two. This is hard. Pregnancy is harder with a young one. I agree with you. I think the shift from one to two is that the chaos is already there. You're just piling more to the chaos. So Mm. more chaos to the chaos that exists. Whereas with going from none to one, it's like, as you said, like everything changes. Like I'm a bit like you, Jade, like I need a house in order. Mm. Like I suffer from that. Mm. If, if my place is a mess, my mental state is Mm. a mess and people like, why do you bother being so tidy like there's plenty of life to be tidy and I'm like no you don't understand like my mental health revolves do you feel like that's because it's the one thing you can control when things are out of control so if that's done at least you feel like you've done something yeah if I've made my bed in the morning I feel like I've got my shit together if my bed's unmade it's it's a complete I can't cope yeah Yeah. isn't it weird it's so weird and people don't get it because they think you know, dishes can wait, laundry can wait. And I'm like, no, it can't. It needs to be done so that I can function. You turn into that psycho crazy woman in the house. But I was just listening to you guys then. And I, it's, I wonder if it's because, you know, you have so much pressure on yourself and expectations as a first time mum to be that, you know, in brackets, perfect mother. Because when the second child comes, you're like, oh gosh, I feel out of my depth, but you still really go for it and Mm -hmm. you're still doing what you can do because you're trying to juggle it all. But then by the third, and I know we're not there yet, but I honestly feel like because you've only got two arms and you don't have three arms for three children, you have no choice but to just 
let all that go. And you, you know when you see those children that are in puddles and they've got mm-hmm. snot on their faces and they're eating shit from the floor and that, that mother over there is like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that she would do that. And then there's the one that has the iPad and they're like, I cannot believe that she's got the iPad. And then there's that mother of three or four or five or six and they're going, you have more than one and then you understand. See, that was me even when I had one. Mm. I what, came to those realised. No, as oh. I came to the. <laughs> you came mental horse. <laughs> no, I think as soon as you, uh, well, for me, as soon as I had one child, I was like, God, do, if you need to put that monkey backpack on with the leash, go for it. Like, I was just but, like, you do whatever you need to yeah, do to get to through the day. But getting back to the cleaning, like, I was always the one to have my child dress nicely, have her shoes on. If we were going in public, she would have shoes on. Now, all three of my children are barefoot they've got black feet and I'm like look we're out this is an achievement like yeah it's all everything's lowered but we're yeah. all happy and we're all alive otherwise I would literally be doing my own head in but it's such a process of surrender mm. because it's funny like now that I've got two I've got friends who have newborns and they're friends who have those pristine perfect homes with the white linen couches la-di-da and I've had friends say oh they have no idea what's to come. And I always say, but but the beauty of motherhood and the fact that a baby starts being this immobile little blob in the corner is that you are granted time to adjust. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it made no sense when people, because people loved telling me, oh, just wait till your home mm, is flipped upside down, down Gem. And I'd be like, okay, cool. But I've got ages till I've got a crawler and then I'll adjust to that. And then after that, there'll be a walker. And then the toys, the amount of toys and clutter shifts again. It's time. It's like how you have nine months to cook a baby. You have all that time to adjust to the idea around that. And so I always think it's problematic when people project what they already know about motherhood onto people who are right at the start It's a spoiler alert. Exactly. It's like, let me think my least favourite phrase is just wait. Because it's like, if I just wait for everything, well, I'm going to be a fucking empty nester. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, I think with every age, there's things that get easier and there's things that get Mm -hmm. harder, you know, like... Oh, just wait till you have a teenager and you're dealing with their like emotional instability. It's like, yeah, but they're not as dependent on me. Like there's, there's mm, totally everything cons. comes with a new layer. Absolutely. Um, my favorite was when I was pregnant and people said sleep before the baby gets here. And I was like, mate, I've got pregnancy insomnia. I'm up yeah. from 2am till 5am every night already. If anything, I feel prepped for for a newborn (laughs) my body's allowed me to adjust to the sleeplessness before the baby's arrived and I think the same thing goes with going from none to one to one to two like it's the same like everyone's got to feel it out on their own yeah rather than being told so everyone just back off yeah back off bitches (laughs) Jade I don't want to hear about what it's like to have three now let's start with pregnancy how did you know that you were ready to add another human to the family Gemma Again, I think everyone's going to have a very different experience based on their previous experience. For me, because Rafa, as I mentioned, took so long to conceive, we did fertility treatment. We went through IUI. We were really grateful that it worked for us first time. But I had it in my head that we wouldn't be able to get pregnant naturally the second time. So I was like, well, I'm not going to wait around because what if it does take us six Mm. months, 12 months, 24 months. So we decided that when Rafa was one, that we would just, well, it's not that we had a goalpost to remove, but it was more like, well, let's just see what happens. Mm. 
and we were in Bluey's Beach on a beach holiday with some friends and we got to the accommodation first and they weren't <laughs> arriving till like 10 o'clock that night. And, uh, yeah, that's how Iggy you was conceived. You just fucked on every surface. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Iggy was conceived. I, like, I actually can't believe it. Like, we are that fertility story cliche that everyone said I was going to be. And I was like, no, it's not going to be that easy for me. Where we struggled to conceive our first and then the second was like, hello, I'm here. And I was like, shit, I wasn't ready for that. I'm not sure I'm ready for you. Yeah. yeah. And how, long, how long did it take you the first time to fall pregnant with all that 22 months okay yeah so nearly two years wow to get rough was that really really mentally draining and challenging for for you Uh, it it was the hardest and darkest chapter of my life yeah I would say definitely because I really wanted to be a mum like way before than I became one but then there's that thing where it's like I wouldn't change a thing now because Raph's here and of if course. we conceived back then it might not be Raph I know that's a really like abstract way of thinking no, but, but you didn't know that at the time no yeah. and when you're deep in it it's it sucks because you get fixated you know it's like that thing um when you're looking to buy say a Mazda and then wherever you drive, you just see mm-hmm. Mazdas everywhere <laughs> yeah. you go. You're like, oh, there's a Mazda. I should get a Mazda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same with when you're trying to conceive and all you see are pregnant women. Yeah. And you can't stop seeing pregnant women. And I had a weird circumstance where me and eight of my school friends all got married in the same year in 2015. And everyone was like by their honeymoons let's make babies kind of thing and we used to joke about like let's have a conception party (laughs) and yeah they all got pregnant like straight away and I was the only one who couldn't yeah and that was the hardest thing because I felt like the only way I can describe it is like when you're in a swimming race and you're on the start blocks and everyone's finished the race and I haven't even like got off the start block to begin and yeah so I found that really challenging because then they were all moving through pregnancy together and then they had their babies together and then you know what motherhood's Mm. like you do join a club it's like an unspoken club it's different you want to connect more with women who are mothers because your life alters in such a huge way that suddenly it's hard to relate to people who live their lives without children and I was like this sort of puppy dog on the edge like like, tell me about it yeah and trying to like contribute to the conversation like to talk about oh what I think about dummies and people like you don't fucking have a child like how can you have an opinion and I couldn't but I wanted to be a part of this club so badly I would have let you in my club oh thanks Jade it's okay but yeah so that was that was yeah that was really shit. And then I got to first birthdays and I still wasn't pregnant. Yeah, so I was my... going to say it would have been almost like this calendar reminding you, like oh. if you weren't tracking it enough as it was, which I'm sure you were, it, even if you could switch off for a second, it's like, oh, well, it's that person's first birthday. So that's an yeah. entire. Well, children are such a marker of time. Yeah. But so with f- fertility, what were your steps with that? Well, I did a process called IUI, which the unsexy term for it is turkey basting where they well I basically did all the hormonal it's called follicle I've got a really funny image of like your husband's ball sack on you but like yeah anyway keep going 
Why is his ball so oh, no, no. I feel like turkey based. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay, it's like a, a balls deep oh, in turkey slapping. That's why. I always say that rapper was made like under a microscope. Like she, she was like she wasn't conceived through lovemaking. <laughs> she was conceived in like a freaking sterile little room after my husband had you know released his load and they've like separated <laughs> over a magazine. Yeah, literally, and they've separated the Homer Simpson sperm from the Ian Thorpe sperm and injected the Thorpies into me. Well, she's a fucking Thorpie. She is so fast. <laughs> I tell you what, she can climb anything. She's a real-life monkey. So, so yeah, and then she was born via, what do you call it? Forceps. Induction. Induction. Oh. <laughs> so nothing about her coming into this world is natural, and I'm so grateful for, like, Western medicine, yeah, basically. Yeah, totally. How did you get through pregnancy when you had another child? I don't know that I did. <laughs> I feel like I've suffered trauma, and I've control-alt-deleted it from my brain. Like, it was a hellish time. Something I didn't mention is that with both pregnancies, I had antenatal depression both times. The difference with the first time was I didn't know what it was and I was spiraling into this place of like, what's wrong with me? I don't want to be pregnant anymore. I worked so hard for this. And that was a weird, weird hormonal shift. Second time I identified it straight away. I was like, I'm feeling really glum. I'm struggling to wake up and face the day. I don't even appreciate sunlight like I normally do, but that's okay because I know this will pass. So I got through pregnancy in a slightly more manageable way way because I was able to acknowledge what it was. Because there's nothing worse than feeling like what's wrong with me, I don't know, whereas this time well, I was... that's like I had it with my second pregnancy. And look, to be honest, I don't even know if I did have it with my first because I feel like I was so sick that that just trumped every other feeling. Like I was like, oh, well, of course I'm feeling down. I'm vomiting all day. Whereas when I was pregnant with Goldie, I was less sick, but I would, I felt that my mental health suffered a lot more mm. the second time. And it was one of these things where I was like, just be grateful. You're not as sick as the first time. But I was like, why aren't I enjoying this anymore? If I'm, you know, even though I am feeling better and God, if I could look back now and just say to myself, just give yourself a bloody rest. Like I would, you know, I would be like, why aren't I getting as much housework done as I did the time before? And, and you know, you were able to work when you're pregnant with Poppy. You're not even working this time and you, like, can't get through it. And I would look at Poppy and she wouldn't bring me the joy that she normally brings me. And then you get the guilt because you're going, oh, my God, I don't even enjoy time with my toddler anymore. And there was days where I was so anxious that I would literally call Nick and I'd be like, you have to get home from work because you have to come and, like, look after Poppy because I... I don't, I don't think I can. And even, you know, you saying you didn't even appreciate sunlight. If someone gave me permission to lie in a bed in a dark room for, it was, it was mainly the first trimester and then the fog just lifted. But for about like four to six weeks there, if you just let me lie in a dark room, I would have like, I would have been like, yeah, thanks. Cool. See, when I was pregnant with Billy, so you're from one to two, and I had hyperemesis and it was obviously a really hard time. I couldn't even think of doing the washing when I usually would be so anal about it. But I would lie on the couch. Harry would go to work. I'd have a face washer over my face because ha- I'd have a migraine. And she wasn't in daycare at that time. And I would get every toy in the house and every snack and I'd put it in the middle of the room with the TV that she liked, and I would just lie there. And if she needed me, I'd be like, 
and I, you know, murmur. And that's how I got through it until I got to a point where I could actually have a few hours with her that was okay. And the only thing with that was I was feeling guilty that I wasn't giving her you know, these beautiful park plays and these other times. But then I remembered I was giving her a sibling and she was going to be really grateful for that, hopefully yeah. in maybe 25 more years. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say that Poppy had barely had screen time before I got pregnant. And then I was just like, you know what, that whole thing and it's still out the window. It hasn't <laughs> decreased screen time, hasn't come back into play at all. But I was just like, yeah, I couldn't function. I remember we were transitioning her from two naps to one. And I remember while she was getting used to it, sometimes she would nap for like 40 minutes in a day and I would have just like, you know, had a second to just like breathe or had a second to just fall asleep and she would wake up. I would just burst into tears because I would just be like, I am so far from ready for you to wake up. And then you get the guilt because you're like, oh, I shouldn't be crying just because my child's woken up. Anyway, it's a Mm. fucking, it's it's a time. I had a similar pregnancy to you, Soph, where I had pups rash. Mm. And during that period when it peaked, I actually moved into my parents because I couldn't cope. And I needed someone to put chamomile lotion all over my body, which took an hour each time. And I was showering at 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. to relieve the itching and I just couldn't parent. So I tapped out of parenting at that point. I said to my husband, I'm growing you a child. I can't I can't do Good this. I can't cope. Yeah, no, I was like... I can't. Like, I but at least couldn't. I got pups rash at like 36, 37 weeks. Jem got it at like 21 weeks. So induction was like nearly only an option in like 20 weeks time. Yeah, it was hell. I might share this on the podcast because I do get asked this a lot on Instagram and maybe people will find it helpful or remember it for their friend who has pups rash. But I took a medication which actually saved my life and that's no exaggeration because I was dark at that time it's called pregnazone and it's a type of um, steroid medication and my obstetrician because I was like what I don't want to take any oral steroids like I'm pregnant and she was like the molecules of that make up this steroid medication are too big to pass through the placenta so it doesn't even come anywhere close to the baby and it worked I had to take it in conjunction with an antihistamine because the steroid medication keeps you freaking awake mm. and then you take the antihistamine to help with the the pups rash but also to help you sleep at night mm. and after a few weeks it subsided but honestly like it changed my life so yeah go for the hard stuff well even knowing like having had it for a week or so like I remember when you told me you had it and you were at 20 whatever weeks and my heart just sank for you because I was just like there's just no way you can get through that like I was just like that's just well you got induced because of your because I I was going insane (laughs) and that's what I mean like I remember you being like oh can you just like tell me about your experience and give me some advice and I'm like there is absolutely nothing I can say to you right now that is going to make you feel even one percent better like you will feel worse after the end of the conversation because nothing worked for me well I remember you said the only thing that worked for me was giving birth I was like I'm 20 weeks I can't give birth so fucked up what about getting Rafa prepared for the idea of a baby was she old enough to kind of grasp that concept at all we didn't do any sort of like buy any books about being a big sister or anything like that only because I felt like her comprehension wasn't quite there she was doing the cute thing where she like I trained her like a monkey to point to my belly and say, baby. And I was like, oh, she knows she's got a sibling. I have no idea if she 
actually knew. But the, the only thing that I found really helpful with preparing her was that really useful tip of when they come and visit you in hospital. I know it's sort of hard to talk about this for people who are pregnant during COVID times because your first mm. bonds probably can't come to hospital. So I'm really sorry if you're in the thick of that and that sucks balls. But outside of that situation, the most helpful thing was for me to not be holding Iggy when Rafa first met Iggy so that she got this sense of the there's a baby that's not attached to mum all the time. So we were all hovering over the crib being like, look at this baby, Rafa. This is your brother. This is your baby. Making it more about her relationship with him rather than her walking in to seeing a newborn sucking on my boob. I feel like that would be really confronting. Mm, yeah. We will get to tips on introducing them. But Sorry. Did you, that's okay. <laughs> get back in touch um, Did you find anything helpful to get? Well, Mia would have been so young. I will never forget this time. This is one of the times I'll never forget. I would just give her a baby doll. And I'd hand her a baby doll. This is Mia. And she would, you know, she'd put a nappy on baby and I'd like pretend to breastfeed like my baby. We'd, we'd just play dolls. That yeah. was just the way we did things. And I know we're getting there a little bit later, but when I gave birth to Billy, Mia was 16 months old. She walked in the hospital and we put Billy in, like you said, the little crib next to us and I had a little present for her and she just walked in with my mum. She went straight to my tummy. She lifted up my shirt and goes, where is it? And I was like, oh, and then she walked over, like picked her head up on her tippy toes, looked at Billy for a little bit and then went, mm. And goes, Mimi, go. And I, I honestly, I cried. I was like, oh, I've done something wrong. I have done something wrong. She doesn't like it. But she was just like, okay, boring, next. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think we put a lot of pressure on our little ones to like somehow comprehend that there's a baby in there. I remember my dad said once, like he's like, I've been doing obstetrics for 30-something years and I still find it weird that like – women can grow babies inside them he's like if you think about that that is a really like incredible but like fucked up thought and he goes so we like put this pressure on these like one and a half year olds two year olds to fully comprehend that there is a baby growing inside their mummy like that is wild mind you you gotta think whenever you see a toddler and especially even at Yumi's age they're always breastfeeding a doll or putting a doll up inside their stomach. Mm. Like it's like instinctual that we yeah. all know that yeah. this is what we do. Yeah. I did read this great book to Poppy. It's called Baby on the Way and you can get it like personalised to have the mm. child's name in it and it talks about like the mum and dad going to hospital and in that situation like the grandparents came mm. and looked after the older child and so we kind of said, you know, like one day Shimmy and Timmy are going to come and they're going to look up after you and mummy's going to go to the hospital and and do you think and she grasped that she bloody loved the book oh, I don't well, know like nice. I don't know if yeah. it, it helped prepare her but look I, I think she adapted well so yeah. you know even I sometimes I think it's nice just feeling like even if it doesn't work you feel like you're doing something so <laughs> it's like that's a start even if it's Absolutely. just for you I mean I'm like Jade I had the approach of the dolls Rafa just really gravitated towards dolls and I was like well that that's a bonus She's nurturing towards baby dolls. Hopefully she'll love her brother. And like you, had a really smooth transition. Who looked after your kids when you went into hospital? Gemma. I actually can't remember. You just left her with the wiggles. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Um, Oh, yeah. So, well, 
The day Iggy was born, the 10th of January, was the same day we moved into our house. So I... That's a good time. I know. Doesn't sound even wow. slightly stressful. <laughs> it was an absolute shit show. I actually had my mum with me at the hospital helping me through the early stages of labour and my husband was unpacking boxes and moving furniture into the house with removalists and I think Rafa was being cared for by my in-laws at the house Mm -hmm. and I just remember my obstetrician saying, yeah, I think it's time to get him back to hospital now. I think, I think, you know, you're about seven centimeters dilated it's time and and hubs like came into the hospital and he was dripping in sweat (laughs) like it looked like he had been through well he'd been through physical labor but he just looked like absolutely shattered and but but also we laugh because my mum was there with me like I got in and out of the bath at the hospital and stuff and she helped me through all the breathing and stuff and he arrived the second they were putting the epidural into my back and he was like I've nailed it <laughs> I have nailed this timing and it's true he like skipped all of it but to his credit like he moved our entire house in himself and not only that uh, he... to your credit you moved an entire yeah. baby out of your Dead room straight I did yeah you're right mm. and but he was so sweet like he wanted everything unpacked by the time I got home but he's not the organized one in our household so I would open a drawer like a kitchen drawer and it would have like undies and socks in it and open like a bedroom covered drawer and it's got like safety pins and like knives and forks I remember Jem posting on her stories like oh my god it's so sweet that he unpacked all of this but like he tried to style like a bedside table or something and it just had the most random shit on it and you're just like oh bless oh bless I'm gonna have to redo everything which I did but it was the thought that counts I say that through gritted teeth (laughs) I nearly um gave birth on my own when I had Billy because mum had to fly up like as soon as I actually went to the hospital at 38 weeks and they were like oh let's just check you because you're having like you know a little bit of cramping and they're like congratulations you're six centimeters dilated and I'm like um, <laughs> are you sure, sure you're talking about my <laughs> I'm like, surely not. Surely I would have felt that. They're like, you've, you, like, it's a 16 month gap. You, you can, this happens very quickly. You've probably been chilling at like five centimeters fully. for the past year. I, probably never, <laughs> I never closed up. So anyway. sausage down the hallway. <laughs> fully. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm actually quite tired, everyone. Fuck you all. No. But. <laughs> So they said you need to, if your mum's your partner and your partner's your partner, get her on a plane up here. So I'm like, mum, you need to get on your next flight out. So she came straight up and mum and my husband were tag teaming at a hotel nearby the hospital because we had Mia. Mm. There was a time where the nurse said, all right, she's probably going to have a baby soon. So, you know, to my mum, you go and get Harry and he'll come back. As Harry does, like there is just no urgency. sense of urgency <laughs> with that guy. I swear he would have probably got like three hot dogs on the way, been strolling. Gone she, for a surf. <laughs> she was ringing. I could hear her in the background. I was screaming. She was ringing and she's like left a message and we still have it. Hi, um, it's just the midwife. You might want to run because the baby's about to come out. Anyway, he obviously got that message, came running through, and in literally 20 minutes, 
I was standing from the toilet to the to the bed and she fell well she, she fell into the midwife's arms while I was hanging on to him and that was it an hour and 25 minutes boom which baby second child <laughs> Oh my god! I was going to say I love how you said fell, but that sounds like she kind of did. No, she fall. really did. She really did. But it's very interesting. You'd think like, oh, third, fourth, or whatever bloody pregnancies you have after that would just be easier and easier, and then it sort of reverted back. Mm. So every pregnancy is so different. Mm. Yeah, I will say that I did find it a, like one of the best parts of being induced the second time was that you do get that sense of organization and getting all your ducks in like a that's, row that speaks because, to us yeah, in yeah, character yeah like, like I was like especially with you know both our families living interstate it was like I knew that mum could be up here I knew that you know I dropped Poppy at her house oh my god don't even get me started on how emotional I was that day she just she knew something was happening she put on this absolute like the cutest mode she's ever been that, in she was like like Oh, she was just being a bloody Pink, adorable. Yeah, and I, I, every time I looked at her, I would just burst into tears to the point that my mum was like, even if you get there early, I think you just need to go now. And I was like, I do. I just need to rip this Band-Aid off and leave. And I... Yeah, I had so many moments towards the end of my pregnancy where I would just feel so guilty about the fact I was like, she's going to hate us the minute she sees her sibling. And then Nick, of course, he's like the logical one, especially, you know, when you're just a a cocktail of pregnancy hormones, I'd be crying and he'd say, the whole reason we're having another sibling for her and having another sibling so soon is because we want her to know she's not the only person in the world. That's the whole reason we're doing it. And I'd be like, I know, but she's going to hate us. And uh, that's another time that I wish I could just go back to myself and just be like, it's going to be okay. She's going to love you for it. Of course. I mean, Sophie, it's so funny hearing you say that because I had such a different perspective on it. Like people were like talking to me or messaging me on Instagram who were pregnant at the same time, like you and I, and were like, oh, I just feel so guilty about and writing these posts about the guilt about having a second baby and that you're going to spend less time with your first. I had none of that yeah, because I'm a second born. I had to share my parents from day one. Yeah. yeah my brother girl. can get fucked. Like, he got three years with them sans me. And I'm like, hello. So in my mind, I'm like, poor Iggy, poor Goldie. Yeah. You know, poor Billy. Like, they never had that one-on-one time. I mean, our firstborns should be so bloody lucky. So I'm like, That's like, totally true. Right? And that is a really good way to think of it. Did you feel guilty when Yumi came along? Hell no. They had each other. So I'm like, you guys are fine. Yeah, totally. But I'm an only child. So I, this whole more than one child has been such a journey for me because I've had to understand how siblings work. And I, um, that's so fascinating. I'm a Libra, so I am quite balanced. And I always try to put myself in other people's shoes, but I have really like, I sometimes speak to mum. She's the eldest of five and say like, like how how does is that normal yeah, interaction? How does so. that all work? And like and you just you just learn. And you probably didn't feel guilty with Billy because you. I mean, I know you've said before that there were definitely moments in your childhood where you really wished you had another sibling. Mm-hmm. So you were probably like, no, like I know that this is what I wanted at times as an only child. So maybe there was less guilt. There I never too. ever had guilt with those two because. Oh my gosh, that's your phone. <laughs> I never had the guilt with Billy because I felt like as soon as I gave birth to Billy, I was like, there, you guys have each other. You're so close. 
I feel like even when they go to school, they've got each other. And it honestly is true. They always have each other. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life, have those two so close together or have another sibling. And I had a beautiful life growing up. I was very spoiled in love with my grandparents and my family, my aunties, my uncles, my mum and dad. But there was an earning for a sibling and I never had that. And because of that, I had a strong maternal instinct to want my own children and more of them, more than one. But overcommitted with three. (laughs) (laughs) I will say I never got that fear of, I know a lot of people get that fear where they go, how can I ever love another child as much as my Mm. first child? I never had that fear because I I was like riddled with it. Really? I want to go back to my old self and say, you idiot, of course you have the capacity to love more than one child. And there will be many days where the baby is the favourite over the toddler. For sure. Can we say that oh out loud? God, yes. <laughs> but at the time, you when, when you don't have, like you only have one child, you actually think how can your heart love another child? Like I, I really couldn't get my head around loving more than one. Mm. And I think my husband said, well, you love two dogs at the same time (laughs) so like surely you're going to be and I'm like yeah but this love for the child is so big but it is you just love every child in and I think in their own way totally that was one thing that surprised me I thought I was going to love who became Goldie yeah the same as I love Poppy but my love for both of them is so different and I think at every age, you do love mm-hmm. them differently and that love continues to change. But I think that when you have your first child, it's such an overwhelming, all-consuming love that you've never felt before because it's such a different love to what you feel for your parents or your partner. So you do go, no, 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 this is that one person I love mm-hmm. like that. And and you do get to feel that again. But I think it is always it's so different. different. And yeah. if you're hesitant about having a second child, like I have loved celebrating, observing, witnessing their differences because yeah. you can't imagine it because when you have your firstborn, you're like, they are everything you know. They are everything you judge your own parenting on. And for me, Rafa is such a full-on kid. She's We call her a lifer. Like she's like everything to the extreme. She's like crazy enthusiastic about things or she's absolutely devastated about things. There's no in between. And then Iggy came along who is this calming water sort of chilled, relaxing, go with the flow kind of kid. And I realized that he is everything I needed in direct antithesis to Rafa in my life. Yeah. But it's interesting, like you saying how the love is different because, as you said, you, your love for Goldie, for who she has become. Yeah. I feel the same way, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm making this up, and I'm sure there'll be people who'll be like, You've got a favorite, don't you? It, what I, I guess, no. I, what Come I do, on, we're all okay, sitting here. We want to know. I do at the moment because yeah. Rafa is peak toddler. <laughs> yeah. And Iggy is, while he's starting to be on the move, he's still so easy. But I feel a love that's different. Based on gender, am oh, I allowed wow. to say that? Yes, yes. That's how you I don't feel. know. Like You're I know you guys that. have girls, but like I can't. I really can't explain it. And I'm is I this? Wa- this is because Iggy's a boy. Yeah, a lot of mums, and we don't know this, Sophie and I. But I have had so many women who have had girls and boys and they've said said it's different there's something about the bond between a son and a mother apparently they're clingier or there's just Mm. something different 
it's really hard to articulate and it's hard because we live in a world where people are like don't I gender identify your children you know and people get really hectic about it but the fact of the matter is if we look at them biologically one has a penis one has a vagina their hormones and genetic makeup are different you're not saying what he has to be for yeah, his whole life I'm not life. saying you're what he has saying to be right he now. can love whoever he wants to be that uh, whoever he wants that's fine but the only way I can describe it is that Rafa is like my bestie and Iggy in a non-eatable Rex way, I like kind of want to marry. Yeah, he's yeah. like a soulmate he's almost. Like, it's like I'm in love with him. Not in a romantic way. This is going to yeah. sound really effed up. But, but it's do like... you know, I kind of feel like that from Poppy to Goldie. Like I have a very different love mm. where I'm like, oh, my God, Poppy, I love hanging out with you. You're so much. And I don't know if it's toddler baby, yeah. but Poppy is the same. Yeah, whereas Goldie, I'm like, I just want you in my pocket for the rest of my life where yeah I don't know I think I actually think it comes down to characteristics and personality and there is the you know there is there there are things that obviously we are drawn to in people and we are drawn to specific things in our children of course we love them like there are so many things that annoy the shit out of me with my husband but overall I love him (laughs) yeah I feel like you know with Mia she's a very strong like she's so smart she's very smart and I love that about her she's confident and I feel confident that she's she's going to be okay in the world Mm. you know she will literally rule the world then you've got Billy who's going to save the world because she's kind and caring and she's compassionate and that's what we need in the world and then there's Yumi this little mix in between of both of them a little bit more fiery because she's the third child a little bit more cheekier because she can get away with it but every single element of those children I love. So I can't ever, like, yeah, if you ask me on a day, who's your favorite child? Like, Nick always jokes. Every day he's like, Mia, you're my favorite. You're my favorite child. And then, like, 20 minutes later, I'm hearing him on the couch going, Billy, you're my favorite child today. <laughs> and he go, where's my favorite child? And Yumi's like, woohoo. But the thing is, because you're going through so many parenting challenges and, you know, all these ups and downs, you do. You have times where you're going to be drawn to one more than the other. But overall, of course, you can't ever lose that love that you have for your own children. It's often the things I think that you love about them the most that always drive you crazy too. Like as in, I love Poppy's, like I think Poppy's quite smart and quite like strong-willed and I absolutely love that about her. But gosh, it makes parenting her sometimes super difficult. And I sometimes get people on Instagram being like, oh, don't, complain about the fact that she's you know like strong-minded that's what the world needs more women like that and I'm like I'm in no way trying to dampen that down I'm just saying sometimes you need a fucking break having having a strong-willed headstrong daughter that's very spirited is exhausting yeah even Rafa's daycare who have seen countless toddlers through toddlerhood have said, like, we have never met a kid as nonstop as Rafa. Right. You must be exhausted as a parent. And when we went on holiday last time, when we brought her back, they were like, oh, it had been so quiet without <laughs> Rafa around. <laughs> the question for you guys having daughters, do you, in your mix of girls, do you have hardcore daddy girls? Okay. The first two uh, mum, 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 mum. Now, I don't know if that's because I was so hands-on and I was so capable. I'm one of those people that love to do absolutely everything myself. And, you know, giving credit to my husband or not credit to my husband, he didn't have to do much because I was 
purely capable and I didn't mind doing everything. When it came to the third, as I always mention, I don't have that extra hand and all of this just fell off my plate and I just, I didn't know how to handle a third child. So I don't know if it's because I wasn't as capable or I had postnatal depression or I had, you know, a lot of things going on in my mind that she spent so much time with dad and she was able to connect with him more or if it was because she's the third child or she just genuinely loves dad. But she is 1,000% a daddy's girl, like through and through and through. And the other girls, they love dad. Mia is like mummy and daddy. Mm. Billy is 1,000% mum. And she will be, it's just how she is. Can't relate. No. No. (laughs) Really? No, she's a full-blown daddy's girl to a point where I find it really hard not to take it personally. Wow, that's so beautiful. Like my husband constantly has to, is it beautiful? Because I feel like freaking chopped liver most of the time. Mate, two kids, you'd be like stoked. (laughs) I love that Yumi's a daddy's girl. I'm like, sorry, babe, she just only wants you. Oh, yeah, I do love when Poppy's like, no, I just want daddy to come with me to do a poo-poo. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) You can't get between that kind of love. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Poppy's definitely 50-50 and Goldie's yet oh, to be so seen. Nice. But I can confirm I have a full-blown mummy's boy. Oh, good. And I hoped and wished for it. Yeah, like actually, and there'll be times where you're like, be careful what oh, you wish totally. for. Oh, totally. I'll like resent it and I'll be like, oh, go to your daddy. But for the moment I got my little Klingon koala oh. and he slots into me like a perfect little puzzle piece and I'm just obsessed. I love it. I know, so that, I know that will tire. Like, oh, God, but... you've been in nine months. That's long <laughs> just... enough. It's not like you're in the first like three days. <laughs> now, I'm going to allow you to talk about tips on introducing your children to one another okay here's your permission slip i do think the gift giving Mm. helps Mm -hmm. even if temporary even if it's temporary like we made such a song and dance about this is from iggy rafa and she opened it and we made her you know like we walked her over to iggy and, and she said thank you iggy we've got it all on video and it's one of my favorite clips and as i said before leaving your newborn in its own space Mm. when introducing it to, you know, their sibling so that there's that separation from mum because, as I mentioned before, it can be really confronting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Iggy was born about, is it six days before Goldie? So I called up Jem or texted you or sent you an email. Um, (laughs) A carrier pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) Asking for any advice and we followed the not touching mum or dad when Poppy came in and we we just had her lying down on the bed swaddled. Um, Like I made sure my parents gave us warning before they came and as you said before, sorry to anyone who's having a baby during this year that this may not relate to but we can only speak from personal experience but you I can found, do this at home as you well. can do this at home yeah. and I found the gift really worked and then I also found like the person who's coming with the child to visit you if it is in hospital maybe have them that they've already come and visited already so they're not doing their first like really gushy oh, meeting time and want to stay for ages have it that it's someone who's coming and like they're happy to just keep the attention on the toddler for a little bit 100%. and look they're there for half an hour tops yeah. and then you're going yeah. so like for example we got our friend to come in and take photos but we got poppy to come quite a while before she came so then by the time 
you know, our friend came, she's like throwing banana bread down the corridor of, you know, she, she was like honestly bright red because she had been running rings around that hospital. And I was just like, oh gosh, she has been here way too long. And then the final one that I actually think was the most important. And I think if your hospital is like within range, maybe you could even do that. Like, you know, if you're in Victoria and your hospital's within five kilometres or something, you could still do this. But we found all heading home together really important for us. Just make sure that, like, your child isn't coming home to, like, a baby already in their house Mm. and already in their space. But at the same time, it's also quite confronting if they're home and you guys all come home together, they're kind of a bit like, oh, what have I missed out on? So even if it was just, like, to placate us as parents, we found it so nice and so special all driving home together from the hospital as a family and my parents literally met us in the car park like yeah. she didn't even come back up again oh, that's so nice yeah we well, didn't do that but that's a really good idea well that's actually. where all in the issues stem from oh, yeah our kids came into the hospital and they were like so excited they're like yeah we're picking up baby yumi we're gonna take her home we've got the seat ready blah 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 and it was it i feel like everyone was so excited yeah. except for me because i'm like i am in for <laughs> <laughs> okay a big question that got sent in was tips on keeping your child busy while you're feeding throw food at it I wish for the best well it goes back to what you were saying before so if like screen time <laughs> didn't decrease from pregnancy and trying to keep your toddler occupied to having a sibling in the room and keeping them occupied I mean Rafa got absolutely hooked on the wiggles in the early days of Iggy being a newborn that was my only way of coping aside from toy I mean she was 20 months when he was born so her attention span was that of a gnat like I couldn't get (laughs) her to I couldn't get her to sit down and do coloring books like she wasn't at that stage of kidhood yet so she was very much uh Yes, I was her snack bitch and mm. <laughs> kind of like a pig's trough, just like throwing it. Yeah, and, and her favourite snacks. Like I didn't care if they were the unhealthy ones. Popcorn. I was like, I've just got to get through the first six weeks. On top of that. Especially I, it's like it doesn't last that like if you are choosing to breastfeed or able to breastfeed, like at the start you're breastfeeding for at least oh, an hour at the a time. So just know that that's not going to last forever. No. Like they're not going to be watching this much TV forever they are. Yeah. They're oh, not going to, you know what I mean? I mean like it's it, it, it's a short period of time that that you have to feed for that long it is and I was totally couch bound like I just couldn't get up not only because of the breastfeeding but because I was dealing with a very hectic cesarean scar so I couldn't pick Rafa up I couldn't drive I couldn't do anything it was it was pretty rough if I'm honest if I think back because because I, I had an emergency Caesar as well my cesarean recovery was even slower yeah. compared to mm. um, scheduled Caesars yeah. because your body when you do like a scheduled or an elective Caesar your body's in a complete state of calm whereas my body had been in labor for multiple hours like muscles contracting and then when they slice you open it's a much slower recovery so I really struggled I mean I don't think I left the house how did you explain explained to Rafa that you like couldn't pick her up anymore and that kind of thing it was really hard like I, I actually had to say sorry darling I can't I can't do that for you mummy can't do that um I you know I would move a chair for her to like get up to the kitchen counter or whatever but as you mentioned so she's a total monkey or <laughs> she can climb anything her nickname yeah. is mountain goat and not many people will be able to relate to this at all but at 20 months she was climbing in and out of her cot in a sleeping bag without any issues so if husband wasn't around I was able to carry Iggy 
and say, all right, darling, climb into your cot. <laughs> <laughs> and then she would just do it. So I was like, sweet. Mm. Also with the second, I mean, you were saying you were couch bound recovering from your cesarean, but I just like I was able to get up, walk around, that kind of thing. And I think with your second, you just have to get used to the fact that you're not going to have as many of those dreamy in bed feeding sessions on the couch feeding sessions. Like I was feeding like standing up in the kitchen, preparing a meal. I was on the floor of Poppy's room to watch her playing. Like, cause, cause otherwise literally your only go-to is going to be TV because, you know, as you say, like Poppy was 23 months when Goldie was born. She didn't have much of an attention span either. So you know, I was wanting to watch her play. So uh, there was so often you're I was just feeding on so the floor. Right. Yeah. Like I only have standing. I yeah. only have like one main memory of that time. And it was when, because everything it is else a blur. Has been it's already a blur for yeah. me. But the one time I was breastfeeding on the couch, it was probably the first week. And it was the first time I was on my own with both of them. And I could just see Mia with her nappy on and she's just at that age where she just likes to take it off. And she did a shit. And I was just watching her from, you know, a few meters away. And I'm like, babe, just leave it on. I'll, I'll get it soon. Like, just leave it on. And she's like, no, 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 poo poo. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't (laughs) just wait a second because I just, and she's like, no, 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 poo poo. Anyway, she just takes it off drops it on the ground, stands in it, walks over to me, hands me the nappy, and I was just like, this is it. This is really it. But I I think the one bit of advice that I have with having two children, and it was an absolute lifesaver, baby wearing, having a or a carrier, I could cook. If you've got bigger titties, then you've got more of a bonus because you Mm. can actually breastfeed if you can get the knack of it while mm. doing things. Oh, I, I have tiny, tiny titty, itty, what itty, is it? Itty, 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 itty. I'm part of the itty, 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 itty titty committee and I could breastfeed with I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't work it out. Maybe, but... nip, maybe my nipples are on different angles to yours. <laughs> yeah, mine are like, yeah, mine are quite, you know, perky. Yours are down to the floor. Oh, so thanks. they're just like narrow. <laughs> they're not everyone. They're fabulous tits. Wow, wow, wow. But getting back to the TV thing, it drives me marbles. Mia, and it's so funny because I'm sitting here going, I can't, my child's so smart. She's she's smart. She didn't watch anything but Baby Einstein. It was the only thing at that age that she sat and watched and the only thing she liked. And I actually think that's the only reason she's smart because I sat her in front and made her watch Baby Einstein. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. The (laughs) other two, the other two. Well, Billy didn't watch anything and, uh, well, she watched everything crap, but my only Wiggles fan is Yumi. Uh, slightly no one's interested in the tv and i reckon it's because i try to force them they're just like no <laughs> oh i tried to force tv on raf and she was not, not interested it. it's, it's so like annoying. now i'm trying to force movies onto poppy and oh, she has same. no I'm interest like, i'm like the Disney on, originals. Yeah. And i like, want to uh, sing and dance around yeah. the house and she's like no mum, you're embarrassing me <laughs> i just realized we all had two under two at one stage mm. I don't know about you guys, but I had heaps of people being like, ooh, two under two, good luck. Again, like projecting all of those There's pros and cons, though. I I loved it. And maybe because I don't know any different. But people message me all the time saying, Gemma, I'm pregnant with my second and I'm having, you know, I'm going to have an 18-month age gap or whatever. And, like, is it horrible? And I'm like, no. Like, you won't know any different. Mine was was just, like, Poppy was a month off too. So I really just, like, slid that one in there. I think the pros are you're all you're still in the thick of it. Yeah. You haven't sensed what like 
freedom feels like again. And I think I'm one of those people that would really be hard to go to that and then go back again. Yes, yes. So I was still... Because you taste too much freedom. Yeah, I was still in it. And the other thing is... I do think it helped that Poppy was quite good at talking. I feel like because then I didn't have to guess with both of them. I probably would have found it a bit harder if she wasn't able to, like, say what she wanted. But it, I I don't think it was as bad as... Neither do I. And I personally loved having two in nappies because I found it... I was like, well, I'm already on nappy duty. And yeah. it's just more... It's that, like, adding more shit to the shit that's already there. Mm, like, literally. the hardest thing is having no shit to bullshit, but yeah. if you're just mm. piling it on, it's okay. It's like... <laughs> the whole thing's just shit. Yeah. And to be honest, you having Yumi late, because I was always like, oh, I think by the time I have my third, I want at least Poppy to be in school. But now that I have so many friends whose kids go to school, I'm all of a sudden like, school isn't this dreamy thing that I thought it was. No, it's like, like sure, Three, yeah, I was like, it? it's five days a week, sure, but like, what there's a hours? lot involved to get them there, and it's by, by the time you've come home, like, you're going back again, and uh, at, like, you know, the disruption to the newborn routine and that kind of thing. I was like, oh, maybe I'll pop one more out before she's at school. Mm. Yeah, on that topic of routine, yeah, like that was a really commonly asked question yeah. as well: was how do you manage routine with two, Soph? I, look, I, I'm I'm work for Beyond the Bump podcast now. I love you. I'm asking you questions, guys. Keep it going. I'm just going to leave. You just talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah. So look, I I've been very open that I do like to have a fair bit of routine with my kids. I actually find that it gives me more flexibility in life rather than the other way around. I don't find it rigid. I find it the opposite. But I didn't start doing a routine with Goldie until about like. 10-ish weeks I then paid a bit more attention to like the amount of time she was awake and and that kind of thing and also a lot of that had to do with the fact that we were in lockdown anyway it's kind of like how we toilet trained Poppy like it was hot we were at home all day anyway we were like "Eh, she may as well be naked that's kind of what it was like with Goldie we're like we're home all day anyway she's not getting in and out of the car to do those disaster naps like we may as well just do it and look I found it really really helped like uh, Like, I love knowing that still every day both the girls sleep at the same time in the middle of the day and that is, like, my time to do with as I wish. I I found the routine was still fine getting in and out of the house because, like, you know, often I would walk Poppy to the park in the morning and so Goldie would have her morning nap at that time. Like, I, I didn't feel housebound to have those naps. But, yeah, I think it's been one of the reasons that I feel like I've somewhat been able to you know, get used to the fact that I have two children. Yeah. And I also think that with routine, I mean, look, if you overdo it with routine, I don't think it's really possible or correct me if I'm wrong out there, but to try and manage two routines for each child or however many children you have is just not going to work. Like, especially if you are a mother that has a baby and has a child at school, I mean, you're already then having to find a routine that works for you and your older child and that baby's just going to have to adapt whether that's a nap in the car seat on the way to school that's their morning nap because they don't have the luxury like your first child of having the three sleeps in the cot at home so you know there are all these different ways that you can you can try and have your routine it doesn't have to be this set thing oh totally and by this age poppy was having a morning nap and an afternoon 
noon nap. But with Goldie, I'm like, no, 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 you're having a morning nap and a midday nap because I'm not tag teaming naps all day long. I've like that's exactly the same Yeah, thing I'm as like, you, so Steph. I've adapted it to make it that she sleeps when Poppy sleeps rather than the routine that Poppy was on when she was younger because I was like, otherwise I would have a child oh, asleep all, all day, day and that would just yeah. be a nightmare. And you can't go anywhere. And there would be no time when both would be asleep. Yeah, I've done exactly the same thing yeah. as you. I've timed up the lunchtime nap to perfection. Yeah. And what about bedtime routine with two? It's funny, like I can be really relaxed about day routine. Like we do have a routine much like you, but now that we're on holiday, we're kind of going with the flow a little mm. bit more. But if there's one thing that I am militant on, <laughs> it is bedtime yep. like those kids need, they need to be out of my sight i need to be able <laughs> one to o'clock you put your kids to bed at one tell me your secrets yes. <laughs> okay yeah um, it's called for nerds <laughs> <laughs> yeah so hubs and i i mean it all starts from about five o'clock when we do kid dinner so rafa and iggy have dinner together <laughs> and then we do bath and then we divide and conquer so he takes care of rafa he gets her dressed for bed reads a story i look after iggy i feed her usually when they're reading the story and they're down together at seven o'clock without fail sometimes six thirty if they've had a particularly big day and we can tell that they're both quite ratty but it's like it's almost like we arm up for battle and we're like let's get through to bedtime and once they're down we get to have a quiet dinner together watch a bit of batchy i gotta admit i literally like i get into about i get the kids home at about 3 30 and it hits four o'clock and every time it hits four o'clock i say oh fuck this and i have to literally I turn the bath on at 4 a.m., 4 4 p.m., they're in there. Then I flick the dinner on because I've got to balance that and I have no time beforehand to do it. And then I will get Yumi out, get her dressed. Then I'll tell the kids to get out and get themselves dressed. Then I'll tell them to play with Yumi while I get the dinner ready. Then I get the dinner ready and put on the table, feed Yumi. She runs around like a maniac for a little while. Then she gets really tired. So then I put her to bed at 6 and, the, and she's already, all my kids sleep at, like when they were little at six mm-hmm. and it's been fabulous. And then the girls go to bed at about seven, seven thirty, and then I can knock off after I do the lunches for the next morning. So Isn't it the best when you can just exhale yeah, at mm. the end of the day. But I feel like because those two are a little bit older, mm-hmm. I can relax as soon as uni's down. So I I feel like it's, it's not as like, I can't, you know, they're still obviously asking and nagging for stuff, but it's not that bit older. I don't have to not be watching. This gives me hope. It's not eyes on supervision. Also, older kids, if you're going to have a a child a little bit later, don't think, oh, they're not going to have a close age gap. You literally have a little helper. All the time. Those girls, when I had Yumi, babe, I need a nappy, babe, I need wipes, babe, I need a coffee, babe, I need this. They would just bring it to you because they're, they're not used to, the, like, they, they don't know any different. So now they are the big sisters that always help. Sometimes they get up in the morning on a Saturday and pick Yumi out of the cot. They go and play with her. Amazing. Mia made a breakfast one day. I was like, wow, I've killed it at parenting. That's amazing. There there are pros and cons to every age. I did find in the newborn days, the bath was the most difficult, like how I was going to bathe them both, especially if I was by myself. And to be honest, there were so many times where I was like, go 
old are you? You're going three days without a bath. Like, oh, 100%. I think once you have a toddler, you realize how clean newborns are. And unless she'd like spewed all over herself or had like a punami, they're like, I was like, nah, you're clean as a whistle. I, apparently it's good for their skin too to be left in their own you know yeah, oils I, I did and exactly I was just like I was like gosh it is way too much effort to clean you both and then sometimes I would like you know give poppy a bath at night but goldie a bath in the morning or something like that just to split it up a bit or it's so much easier if you just get in the bath with them but if you get in the bath with them how do you both get out wet I get the baby out and me out together and then put a towel around and then, like, you know, Poppy can, like, sit up and everything in the bath, so that's fine. And then I I would get her out. I used to put Iggy on the bed, get out, put him on the bed and then get back her out. It's not fun. No. It's a real juggle. It is. Mm. I would say that's one of the hardest solo things to do on your own is the bath but I would also say just like don't stress about it like if the baby goes Mm -hmm. a couple of days without a bath it's not just give them a little wipe in that like lost (laughs) neck neck skin fold yeah Yeah, that you know I think with Poppy we found that fold at about six weeks and I tell you what it was its own fucking ecosystem in there it was we were like oh my god how far does this we just didn't know it was there it was it was just so deep and I was just like oh my god like what is happening (laughs) in there it was green Croissant legs. Yes. I love croissant legs. I found legs. things in his croissant because Rafa was chicken legs. She had like no mm. meat on her. So when Iggy came along, I was like, oh, I've got to clean your five vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> Tips on dealing with witching hour with two. I love how we're all silent. <laughs> I've got a tip. Everyone's like, I've got a tip. I've got a tip. Wine. But it's fucked. Wine. That's my tip. Uh, my tip is leave nothing to be prepared for that time. Like even heating up a meal is impossible during witching hour. So if you're like worrying about food for the toddler, make sure everything is prepared by like five o'clock, four o'clock, I reckon, because honestly, even opening like a carton of milk is an absolute chore. But I know I'm saying hour. this. I know I like, you know, I always joke about alcohol, but I genuinely really mean have a glass of wine because what it does is it just takes that edge off and that that real drilling of them screaming and being feral, it sort of just goes a tiny little decibel down <laughs> and you you sort of just go that's okay. I'll get I'll get the dinner done. Like we're getting through it. We're getting through it, and then you just do. Otherwise, I fight back, and I'm like, you listen here, little shits. Get over here. You get in the bath. You do this, and it's 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 actually more detrimental for everyone else. But I mean, like I, I know that like all kids have somewhat of a witching hour, but I mean that like newborn yeah, witching hour. Yeah, four yeah. four o'clock. Uh, I just you think had it you rough can't. With Goldie, a few times I remember. Yeah, <clears throat> where she just wouldn't settle for hours she was just crying yeah yeah I had a few of those moments with Iggy where I had him in the carrier and he was screaming and Rafa was screaming and I think I got into a fit of uncontrollable laughter <laughs> that where I could like if you looked in the window you, like crazy you would have been like this is a fucking madhouse but I I was like <laughs> And it became maniacal laughing where I was, like, going crazy. And and then Rafa actually stopped crying because she was like, Oh, gosh, I okay? pushed mum too yeah, far. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. 
And then I think I burst into tears after but just, I put them down to I bed. I think also that newborn thing is just know that, like, that is going to pass. Like, yes. I know when it's happening you dread that time of the evening all day and then all of a sudden it eases and lifts and and it's no longer like that anymore but But I I just think leave as little as possible to be requiring preparation at that time but I do think the joy of a second born is hindsight oh totally with with Iggy anytime there was a challenging chapter I knew it wasn't gonna last whereas with Rafa I remember in those first 18 years I was like is this what I signed up to Like, you idiot. Like, what is your life? But then you learn through all the milestones and the changes that everything is adaptable and (laughs) But it's cruel because you know that even the good stuff doesn't last either. And I swear with the second, everything goes even faster, even though you want it to go slower. Time is the ultimate thief with children, especially your second born. But it's so nice because, because you know, yeah, as you said, so everything lasts longer. uh, what are you doing? I'm laughing because she's laughing, wanting to say something. But go you, say, you know, you finish. No, you go. It's really not that funny at all. Go. Oh, great! Now it's going to be like, oh wow, lucky you did that, Jade. <laughs> no, I was just going to say how funny it is <laughs> that we we always like in my house, especially at the moment with Yumi. Whenever she's having an issue or a meltdown of some sort, Harry picked up on it this week. He's like, I'm like, oh, you know, babe, it's just developmental like it's developmental and he's like that is your favorite word it's developmental she's just going through something yeah I think other people it's a leap other people it's yeah. teething it's oh, a milestone development like, my husband's like Jim you've been using Iggy's teething for like nine and he months. doesn't have and any teeth we're still waiting on a tooth he's like you can't and I'm like no he's teething don't you know they move up and down in the gums <laughs> but it is peace of mind every parent's mm. like Oh, nah, she hasn't got the flu. It's developmental. (laughs) (laughs) It's a developmental temperature. Did you sleep train Iggy and how did you do that with a toddler in the house? Part of the sleep training that we did was to use sleep aids, like all the sleep aids. So Sound Machine was one of them. Love that. So the kids share a wall. We're very lucky they have their own rooms, but we created a wall of white noise Mm. so I plugged Rafa's sound machine closest to Iggy's bedroom wall and vice versa and because yeah with sleep training there was a bit of a self-settling cry and I can honestly say that Rafa has not ever woken yeah so we were fine and I and my sleep consultant gave me the confidence that don't worry about the toddler just worry about the baby we can manage the toddler later if it's affected, as in be confident to leave him to cry, like shut the door oh, and yeah, walk yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. don't worry that you're waking And don't worry Rafa. that you're waking Rafa up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Because we can bring Rafa back because she's an already sleep-trained yeah. baby, but Iggy's the one who needs those sort of new like, skills. skills. Yeah. yeah, and I will say white noise is a game-changer with your second because like, we changer. had it we had it so loud, which is great, but it meant I wasn't spending the whole day when Goldie was a newborn being like, Poppy, stop having fun, come on, like yeah. be silent. Like I never had to do that. And she's, and, unless she's 
been cheeky and literally opened her door and gone into her room. She has never woken her first, up. First time parenting, it is always like, don't breathe, don't move, don't do anything, don't open the door. If you do, you're fucking dead. Don't walk down the hallway. Don't even... Don't order bark. anything online because dare. the postman might come. And the husband, don't you dare go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Do you know... Don't I'm gonna, flush. Okay, I'm going to tell you this funny story and I'm not going to name names, but it is the best story <laughs> I have. My friend... <laughs> They were living in a one-room studio, and she, by the end of this with their their child, she made her hus- her partner. No. We, yep. He wasn't even allowed. First, he had to sit down in a toilet to wee, <laughs> and then she made him pee in a jar next to them because she's like, I just don't want him waking up. I can't. I can't have you even getting up to go to the toilet. Wow. Yeah, that's when white did. noise comes. No, but you can imagine being yeah. in one room. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally. hectic. That's tough, yeah. But I must admit, after the second child, and even obviously more than that, you noise. Kids love noise, and I think that if you introduce them into noise, I mean, especially with being pregnant and having noise already they can hear that on the outside so when you're giving birth and then they're out in the real world they're hearing noise if you try and quieten that all the time they're going to be used to having and wanting a quiet space if you've got kids running down the hallway Mm. and you've got certain things happening all the time they're going to adjust to that and adapt to that and Yumi she hears screaming all day and all night like of the kids (laughs) going wild and me going woo no but (laughs) mum and dad at it again (laughs) that's not true but she sleeps through it all yeah 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 I agree and I think it's actually amazing well I found it amazing what Poppy would sleep through too because someone asked if your children regressed at all when you had the younger kids and Poppy's always been someone who if you gave her the choice she would like since becoming a toddler she would rather sleep with us than sleep in her cot so she got really jealous that Goldie was able to sleep Mm. in our room and she wasn't so she came into our bed and nine months on that's still a situation that's being dealt with we've given up she's just in our bed now but when Goldie would wake up during the night in those newborn weeks or whatever to feed, it, it never, woke never, up. never she never even stirred. And I would go, <gasps> I don't know that I would like sleep train them in the same room, but in terms of her waking up overnight and me getting her up and taking her out of the room to feed, she never woke up. But don't you reckon that's parenting where you just worry endlessly totally. on behalf of your toddler? Yeah. And normally, like nine times out of ten, they are so fine. Well, they're and so, so adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. Did you suffer any like regressions or jealousy or anything like that? Jealousy. If we had done this podcast interview two weeks ago, I would be saying we've had no jealousy, but <laughs> in the last two weeks it has kicked in hard. And if I'm honest, I I don't feel like I have any tools because it's so new for us yeah. that I genuinely don't know how to cope with it because Rafa's very possessive of stuff. Yeah, And so anytime Iggy's at an age now where he's very comfortably sitting up and doing tummy time and very curious, he's getting grabby, grabby you know, that yeah. grabby age mm. where you put them at a table and they mm-hmm. grab a glass of water and tip it all over themselves. Yeah, Goldie and broke a plate at a restaurant last oh, night just by grabbing Goldie, it off the table. Was it a Greek hell? restaurant? No, it wasn't, but we did say that. <laughs> we did say, God, it's a shame that it's Italian pizza and we're not at a Greek restaurant. But, yeah, Rafa just, she takes everything like snatches everything off Iggy and I'm constantly saying no Rafa like Iggy was playing like things that she has never expressed any interest in just because he's got it suddenly she wants it and I'm finding it really challenging any tips on jealousy yeah Jade you've been in it longer than us well getting two of everything (laughs) let me just think about it for a second 
No, I I don't have any tips. I <laughs> she's like pour yourself a wine. <laughs> yeah, get that gin out if you're really thinking that. No, my children have been very lucky to have one of each of everything, and if they don't have one of each of everything, and they do have to share, it is just like. It has always been since day dot that that is it. Like, you share. I'm sorry. You mm. share with your sister. If we have one ice cream between all three of them, they that that, that they know that they have to share. Wow. They just do. They don't fight over it because I'm like, as if, I'll take it off you. I'll and then you it. won't. Yeah, then, then you won't have one. None of you one. get it. Yeah. And that's what I do. I'll say, you either share or I take it off you and no one gets it at all. It's different with Yumi, though, because she's a baby. She doesn't understand that and I cannot be effed fighting that right now so if she wants what they have I tell them they have to give it to her for my own sake yeah. I'm like just do it you're we'll old enough to understand later. we'll deal with that yeah but she already knows what sharing is. Poppy had a little stage of jealousy I think around six weeks before that I was like oh my gosh she has just adapted to this so amazingly no dramas everything's hunky-dory and then at about six weeks every time I would pick Goldie up to feed she'd go I want to cuddle and I'd be like oh my gosh like I'm gonna be here for the next you know, fair amount of time. I can't cuddle you. Or I would just, you know, do the like one arm on Goldie, Mm. one arm on Poppy. But I would just make sure that like if I knew that Goldie was due for a feed soon, I would be like, Poppy, would you like to have a cuddle with mum now? And then like as soon as I put Goldie down, I'd be like, Poppy, would you like to have a cuddle now? But I know that this is all going to change the second Goldie can crawl Mm -hmm. because she's in that grabby stage too. And Poppy has like assigned her one toy in the house she goes the ice cream truck is goldies and I was like come on love like and so anything she grabs of poppies like if she hasn't even played with it for two and a half years it's like no goldie I get your ice cream truck and I'm like oh my god the poor love I know but that's she, all I know she'll learn hey she'll who, learn. who wrote in how do you rest <laughs> what what does that even mean? I don't know. Rest? What rest? Not a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Funny um, joke, have, though. Have you had a situation at all where Poppy's tried to latch on your other boob? She has never actually tried to latch, but she has said, like, I want the other boobie, and then I get it out, and then she just kind of, like, laughs and, like, doesn't know what to do with it and will just, like, flick the nipple a little bit and then decide, like, oh, no, I don't actually That's what my husband want does. that. But I imagine with tandem feeding, I wonder if – I wonder if there is some difficulties with that yeah, because surely yeah, surely that must yeah there'd have to be yeah. I had I did the same with you where Rafa took interest in the other boob and I was like sure why not and again and- it's crazy how. They forget yeah. how to feed off a nipple. Like Rafa yeah. actually put her mouth around my yeah. nipple and like tongued the air. Yeah, yeah. But couldn't work out how to suck. Yeah, it got and then, and then the she same. got she got all coy and awkward. Yes. Like, and then just like ran off yes. like giggling. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. But I, I wasn't going to not offer it to No, her. totally. I yeah. was like, if you want some, it's all yours. Yeah. And she was just kind of like, oh, I didn't expect that response. <laughs> Who wrote in how to find time for yourself? <laughs> you're reading all the ones you don't understand someone said i want my toddler to feel she has the same love and attention as before oh mate your toddler is going to still have 80 percent of your time and energy they're gonna be fine as you said before Jem, you said that they had more time yeah. at the start and the the next child has had less of your time so never feel sorry but for it's, them but even when your second comes along it's not suddenly 50-50 it's still 80-20 like Rafa still gets more <laughs> of me than Iggy well I was going to say I wish I could go back and be like stop worrying about Poppy not going to get any attention worry about poor little Goldie yeah, totally. that is going to be left and I think I mean 
not all second babies are chillers, but I think that's one of the reasons Goldie is so chill. She like basically got neglected from the <laughs> start. The, I mean, the other the other day, Sophie and I were in the pool with Poppy and Rafa and Iggy and Goldie were sitting on the floor on a towel outside the glass of the pool just watching oh, us that, have fun. That is so cute. And we were like, you guys will be right. And they were. They were perfectly they were. happy. They were so content just hanging out the two of them, the nine-month-old babies while we were all having fun in the pool. Yeah, so I think number one, I think one of the reasons you give a child a sibling is so that they learn that you know, the, there's, the world, the, the world does revolve around yeah. them. So that's my don't tip worry. number one. And tip number two is don't worry, they will still get so much attention. Yeah. And tip three, if you decide just to have one, even though this is an episode between one to two children, they will still know how to share. Sometimes, Jade. Just ask me. Okay, last two, because we're getting calls from our husbands and we need to go no, breastfeed our children and, and we're really delirious. hot in this car. Oh, I just had another call from husband. How do you manage one-on-one time with the kids? Well, for me, it's Iggy does a morning nap and that's kind of my time with Rafa. So that works out really nicely. And I do try and be really conscious about the time. So I'll have a fun activity. Yeah bring out something new sometimes because you know one of the benefits of COVID is that my husband who normally works nine to five five days a week in an office mm. is now working at home it means that when Iggy does his morning nap which is often about two hours I can take Rafa to like a playground or a or a fun park like there's this place called Jumped in Sydney which is like a trampoline park which mm. is perfect for my mountain goat and she I know she just thrives off that mm. mummy daughter time and I need it for myself as well because she is such a daddy's girl so it's my way of like winning her back but yeah yeah it's I think it's just about making it quality time rather than being like oh I've got my toddler to myself I'm going to um, go do the laundry. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do laundry. Like I'm really my. Or if I do need to do laundry because, you know, we need to keep our houses in check. Me <laughs> you and do Jay. it with her? Yeah. Poppy loves act- doing yeah, it. Yeah, Rafa loves it. Like we separate all the colours and then she loads it. So yeah. it's an activity in a game. Okay, we've got to wrap it up because the kids have lost it at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Husbands <laughs> are calling. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today and speaking about this for such a long time. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's I been love- 50 trucks and one conversation, but we have <laughs> appreciate you coming on in and having a chat with us thanks for having me guys it's been a blast amazing bye thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please subscribe and give us a review if you didn't good on you you can also follow us on instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes we'll see you next week bye bye